0: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. I'm Rylan Stiles, and with me, as always, is Grant Tuttle. We are back for the second episode this week, this time previewing the Kansas City Chiefs Week 2 matchup against the Oakland Raiders. Grant, how are you doing today?
0: I am well. How are you, Rylan? It is raining here uh, like it has been for like the last three days, and I love the rain, so I'm cool with it. Um, but, you know, I'd like to get out and mow the lawn sometime, so um, just as long as I can do that eventually, I'm good. So how are you doing?
1: How dare you try to be an adult. Uh I'm doing good for now. Uh, I, too, love the rain, and it seems like you're going to send it down my way. I don't love the rain, though, whenever I have to wake up at 6 o'clock in the morning to go cover a track meet tomorrow morning and then that night call a high school football game uh, on the Oklahoma Sports Network, by the way, uh, uh, that night, and possibly get delayed there uh, due to the rain and the thunder or lightning, so hopefully the rain stays away for tomorrow and then it can rain all day Saturday because I too love the rain, just not when it interferes with work. But no one cares about my problems right now. They care about the Chiefs. The 1-0 Kansas City Chiefs are going to take on the Oakland Raiders in Week 2 in Oakland. Quickly, the overview of this game. Of course, it's at 3.05 if you didn't know on CBS. Interestingly enough, CBS does not have the doubleheader rights this week, even though they also didn't have it last week. It's going to go two weeks to Fox, two weeks to CBS, and then from there, on week five, we'll be back to one, you know, alternating weeks between the two. But nonetheless, CBS is still sending their A crew to this game, which is very unusual because usually they'll send the A crew if they don't have the doubleheader to the most popular noon game. That way the the majority of the audience is get to see the, the A-crew of Tony Romo and Jim Nance, et cetera, et cetera. In this case, only the Oakland and Kansas City markets will get to see them and see the game, unless, of course, you have Sunday ticket. So that's pretty interesting that they decided to do that, but hey, I love the A-crew on CBS. I love Tony Romo and Jim Nance. I love watching just, those guys call a game.
0: Just don't send us Dan Fouts. Dan Fouts can retire. <laughs> uh, he is absolutely worthless, and so... I mean, like, probably as a person, he's great. I don't want to like be all anti Dan Fouts, but what he contributes to a um, a telecast is uh, literally nothing. So, uh, Ian Eagle has uh, has a nice voice. It's 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 a it's something that's fun that goes with football. But then Dan Fouts talks, and then it ruins everything. So, um, yeah, Tony Romo, uh, I'm a fan of. So, uh, as far as what he does in, in the booth. So, yeah, that will be fun to watch.
1: It will be extremely fun to watch, and it's always good when the Oakland Raiders and Kansas City Chiefs uh, play each other. The Chiefs are a seven-point favorite on the road, which is a pretty big margin, and the over-under for this game is set at 53.5. I accidentally wrote .6 in the notes, but, of course, that's 53.5. But... We're going, to re- we're going to do this game the same way that I did it last week whenever we preview each contest. First, we're going to tell you what to watch for. Then, we're going to predict who's going to be the offensive and defensive players of the game. And then, give you reasons how to the- give you ways that the Chiefs win this game and ways that they lose this game. And then, of course, our predictions are going to be at the end for this game. So, first off, let's start with what to watch for. And my number one thing to watch for is Patrick Mahomes' mobility. We all know that he got hit and he hurt his ankle and literally everyone in Chiefs Kingdom stopped for a second. Their hearts stopped beating. Their breath was non-existent. Everyone was scared when he went into that medical tent. He played the rest of the game. He was a full participant in practice uh, this week so far. How is he going to look on Sunday? Because his mobility is a big part of his game, although he doesn't do a lot of downfield running, moving in the pocket, throwing on the run. That's all stuff that he does a part of his game that, that makes him so elite, and I want to watch that on Sunday.
0: Yeah, uh, I think that that's something to watch for. Um, as far as, as, far as uh, what Mahomes is doing in practice, he was a full participant, um, so it's not limiting him uh, out of practice, which is a good sign for the Chiefs. Um, he's obviously still got heavy tape on that ankle, Um, But he has said in press conferences that it is uh, getting better every day. So, yeah, that's something to watch. Um, I I would just add that my top thing to watch before you get into some more stuff is uh, who steps up in lieu of the Tyreek Hill injury. Um, Sammy Watkins, of course, had a career game last week. Uh, He he looked unstoppable even when Jalen Ramsey was on him. Uh, who is arguably one of the top corners in football. Um, but who steps up to be that guy that, that Oakland has to worry about on the other side of the field? Is it going to be Demarcus Robinson, who's had some good chemistry with Patrick Mahomes? Is it going to be Miko Hardman as the young guy that, that has some of the characteristic traits that Tyreek Hill has? Or is it simply going to be like a, a Travis Kelsey is going to take a larger role in the offense? Um, so that is something to watch for as well.
1: Yeah, that will be very interesting. My number two thing is going to be the offensive line play. If you listen to last night's show, I'm not very high on the offensive line after week one. I'm not ready to write them off, but they also uh, scare me a lot. I'm very scared of this offensive line, uh, a, a unit that I felt so confident in in the preseason whenever Grant raised the question of, should we be concerned about this offensive line play When they were playing so poorly in the preseason, I kind of uh, shooed him away and said, no, I have faith in the offensive line, and I got very scared in week one uh, watching them play, and I've got even more scared watching the Oakland Raiders play, who looked very good on Monday night with their pass rush, so I'm very interested in the Battle of the Trenches uh, for this game.
0: Yeah, uh, I think that's that's an interesting observation because the offensive line didn't look great uh, against the Jaguars. However, the Jaguars have better pass rushers than the Raiders. Um, it's, it's a question as to whether uh, they're gelling well. Uh, I mean, LDT is back um, from injury, and, I mean, they had an off season to work together, but just um, there's a lot of it is chemistry. That's, that's probably 85% of being an offensive lineman. The other, like, 14% is technique, and then the 1% is athletic ability. Now, uh, the 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 whole thing is, is that they are they are going to be blocking Cleveland Farrell and like Arden Key. Actually, I don't even know who who's on the other side. It's like probably some run stopping defensive end. I'm going to say like Jonathan Hankins as he played for them. Uh, but they they will probably not have the same struggle that they had against the pass rushers from Jacksonville. Um, but if they do, that is definitely something to be concerned about. I would look for them to bounce back this week.
1: Yeah, I very much hope to see them bounce back uh, in a big way in Week 2. You know, that defensive front has Arden Key, Keelan Farrell, uh, Hurst, you know, just guys like that up front. Hopefully they can keep Mahomes upright, because if they can't do it against this front seven, we have cause for concern, let's just say that. Uh, do you have a number two thing to watch for, Grant?
0: Um, I would say for yourself. Uh, yes. Uh, the The next thing that I would say is that the Chiefs uh, will see how well their defensive backfield steps steps uh, steps up. How well they bounce back after a terrible week in Jacksonville. Um, the Raiders have better targets. They they do. Um, by all accounts, they have a better tight end. They have better uh, wide receivers. So. Either we're going to see some. Uh, I, I'm interested to see what this defensive backfield specifically does um, and uh, what Spagnolo uh, tries to mix up in the front to throw Derek Carr off. Because last week, their offensive line uh, double teamed Von Miller and Bradley Chubb was not having a particularly good game, and Carr went off. Uh, Derek Carr looked like he did when he had his one good season. Uh, which was an MVP, according to them anyway, according to the Raiders, it was an MVP caliber uh, season. Now, I would never call Derek Carr an MVP, but he had a good game, and he was on rhythm. He didn't miss anybody really. Um, and I'm, I'm curious to see what uh, kind of lineups we see, uh, if we see a lot of man or zone coverage, uh, if, if the Honey Badger is going to be trailing uh, – Darren Waller. I know that's like a joke is that like Darren Waller is a really good tight end, but he is. John Gruden is speaking truth this time. Uh, A lot of times John Gruden likes to praise his players that really aren't that great. Darren Waller is a player. Uh, Tyrell Williams is a big-bodied receiver who um, some people thought was the best uh, receiver in the free agent class this season, uh, this offseason. And so, I am curious to see how the Chiefs try to slow that down, because if they can't, they might be in trouble with Oakland. And I I, I, I shudder at the thought of them uh, giving up 300-plus passing yards to the Oakland Raiders, because that would be damning, because they also have to uh, take on a pretty good rushing attack from them.
1: Tyron Wallerman. I tell you what, man, that's a good tight end, man. I like <laughs> the Oakland offense that I saw in Week 1. Again, I don't trust Derek Carr to be that consistent, but he's also playing the Chiefs secondary who made Garner Minshew look like an MVP. A guy to watch there is Ryan Grant. I think Ryan Grant is going to be a guy. You've listed Waller. You've listed Tyron Williams. And if those guys beat you with as bad as you know this Chiefs defense is, I hate to say it, but you kind of just live with it because what do you expect? Of course, the Chiefs defense is always going to get carved up. I think that if Ryan Grant goes off on this team, there will be hell to pay. I, it's, He's going to be that annoying guy that you just look at the box score after the game and think, how? How did he dominate this team? Ryan well, I, Grant.
0: It could happen. Uh, I think that. In fact, I think that a couple of years ago when they played uh, Indianapolis, or was it la- no? It wouldn't have been last year. It would have been a couple of years ago. I remember Ryan Grant uh, being one of the leading receivers uh, against the Chiefs then. So yeah, he that was. At all he was
1: always a guy uh, in Washington who in my had a phenomenal uh, pre uh, phenomenal preseason, yes. but couldn't put it all together in the regular season, uh, and just always kind of fell off after a of just great preseason, but. My last thing to watch, my third and final thing to watch, is the Chiefs' defensive line, tying it back into, like you said, the Raiders' offense. The defensive line can make this secondary look a lot better. That's kind of a cliche in football is that your defensive line helps your secondary out. It's very true. They didn't get the pass rush that you expected that they would get in Jacksonville. They've got to right that ship this week because if they can't get pressure on Derek Carr, he's going to find – uh, Waller and Williams and Grant, Ryan Grant and J.J. Nelson. I mean, he's he's going to carve the Chiefs up just like every other quarterback has. They have to get him on the ground. They have to hit him, and then of course you have Josh Jacobs, who had a phenomenal game uh, on Monday as well. Look like the second coming of Bo Jackson.
0: Yeah, uh, I I definitely agree with that take. Uh, the Chiefs have to do a better job of. Uh, getting in the face of Carr. That is something that the Broncos, who are supposed to have a great pass rush, did not do. They did not throw him off. Uh, and part of that was the the Raiders executed some excellent bubble screens, uh, and that's something for the Chiefs to watch. But they were pretty good against Jacksonville covering those kind of short uh, screen passes. Um, but, yes, that is something to watch for sure, the defensive line, how they uh, respond after a one-sack game. Uh, who would have guessed that Ogba would be the uh, guy that got the Chiefs' first sack? It wouldn't have been me. Um, but my third thing is uh, is how the interior linemen take on the front uh, of the, Dem- or of the uh, Oakland defense. Because this Oakland defense is made up of run stuffers. Uh, there's not a lot of great... Pass coverage guys in the in the in the linebacking core. Uh, they don't have great pass rushers other than Cleveland Furl, who is a who is a rookie. Um, they are built to stop the run up front and cover decently well in the back. Um, there is no in between from the linebackers really. Uh, so I am curious to see how uh, LaShawn McCoy uh, and Damian Williams, how those guys are able to. Uh, find openings against uh, good, by all accounts, good run-stuffing uh, defensive linemen and linebackers. Um, so yeah, that would be uh, that would be number number three for me because uh, they they didn't allow Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman, who are a good duo last year, to do a whole heck of a lot. Uh, and so I know Andy Reid schemes the running backs into openings. Uh, I'm curious to see how that works and how the interior offensive linemen. Uh, get to the second level.
1: Yeah, you could go on for hours with keys to the game, so you can let us know your personal keys to the game on Twitter, at Ryland underscore Stiles, that's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S, and at Grant T-M-N Tuttle. But now let's move on to predicting the offensive and defensive player of the game. When you and I sit down for the Rapid Reaction show, immediately following the Oakland Raiders' hopefully win, uh, you know, over the Oakland Raiders, the win for the Chiefs. Who are we going to be raving about? Last week, I didn't correctly predict it because we were raving about Sammy Watkins and I definitely did not pick Sammy Watkins. This week on offense, I'm going to go with Nicole Hardman. You talked about it in your Keys to the Game. Who's going to step up alongside Sammy Watkins because if someone moves into Tyreek Hill's role, which we assume will be Watkins, someone also has to move into Sammy Watkins' role. And I think that All those gadget plays that Andy Reid likes to use, sending Hill in motion, putting him in the backfield, all those things that that Hill can do, Andy Reid's going to give that responsibility to Mecole Hardman, and he'll have a couple big plays in this game to get everyone raving about him. And I think that Sunday after the game, you and I are going to sit down and do the Rapid Reaction Show, and we are just going to just swoon over him.
0: I hope you're right. I hope you are 100% right because that would be very exciting for the Chiefs fan base, uh, for me, Cole Hardman, to have a uh, breakout performance. However, that's not my guy. Uh, I, I don't believe he's going to be the guy that steps up. I think we're going to see an expanded look at Travis Kelsey. I believe he will be the offensive player of the game uh, because they're going to be trying to cover him with uh, LaMarcus Joyner, who's pretty small and will probably struggle um, uh, trying to smother uh, Travis Kelsey in man-to-man coverage. And then they're going to be trying to put Vontaze Perfect, uh some of these, these, and Tahir Whitehead, these guys that can't really cover, uh, they're going to be matching up with Travis Kelsey, and I look for Mahomes to shred that all night long. Um, so, yeah, for sure, I think Travis Kelsey is my offensive player of the game.
1: Not a bad pick at all. I think that if you played daily fantasy, you're he's going to be a very good pick, you know, a very good pickup. Because I think that you're right; he's going to get the ball a ton. Uh, but shifting over to the defensive side of the ball now, Chris Jones, I think, is going to be the defensive player who we, you know, just swooned about after the game. Because I think that after a disappointing week last week for him and Frank Clark, you know, obviously he played well in the run game, but disappointing overall week. He's going to step up and show you why he deserves to be paid and also make us all forget about how terrible that pass rush was in week one and show us what this defense is supposed to look like. This defense is not supposed to sit back and cover. They're supposed to get to the quarterback, make that quarterback make quick and efficient reads, and hope for the best. It's not supposed to rely on your secondary because your secondary is made up of two NFL players, one of whom is still on the suspended list.
0: Yeah. Uh, I like that. I like that pick. Um, I am going to go a different route, uh, while Chris Jones would be, definitely be a guy I would consider. I also look at the matchup between him and Rodney Hudson. He might be lining, over, lining up over the center. That might be a tougher task than one Frank Clark. I would expect Frank Clark lining up on on Colton Miller, who has struggled up to this point in his career until last week when he had a pretty good game uh, on Bradley Chubb. I would expect Frank Clark to have some of those moments that make you go wow when he takes some kind of jab step or a, uh, a euro step and just leaves Colton Miller and gets to Derek Carr before Derek Carr can make a single read. I think that it's a, there, there's a good chance that we see a pretty good game from Frank Clark after being relatively quiet uh, in week one.
1: I like that pick as well. And now let's talk about how the Chiefs can win this football game. My two biggest things are simple. You protect Patrick Mahomes and don't let him get hit every play. And you get in the face of Derek Carr and pressure him almost every play. It's hard to do it every play, but almost every play, you need to be back there and disrupting Derek Carr. If you can do those two things, the Chiefs are going to win this game like they're supposed to.
0: Yeah, uh, I agree with those for sure. Um, I would say that for me, um, the the way for the Chiefs to win is to get the running game involved. Because if they can start uh, bringing the defensive backs for the Raiders up closer to the line of scrimmage, uh, Mahomes and company can shred them. So if they can get if LeSean McCoy can get involved, if Damien Williams can get involved, if Darwin Thompson can get involved, that is a huge offensive key. Uh, To beating a team like the Raiders Who don't have a lot of talent on the back end Um, And then I would say The other part would be If the Chiefs uh, are able to shut down Just one of the receivers For the Oakland Raiders They will win the game Uh, If they can shut down Tyrell Williams If they can shut down Darren Waller It doesn't matter which one They will win the football game uh, Because you can't No man is an island They cannot win on the back of just one player
1: so now let's shift over to how the Chiefs lose, and of course I think that they'll lose if they can't get pressure on Derek Carr and allow him to carve them up, while also not protecting Patrick Mahomes. If it goes into a shootout, I still think that the Chiefs win, because the Chiefs are just a better team. But if they cannot win the Battle of the Trenches on both sides, they're in danger of losing this game. And then also, just if Sammy Watkins had a fluke week one, and that's you know not the real Sammy Watkins, maybe he gets hurt limited in his snaps. Just everything that we know about Sammy Watkins, waiting for that other shoe to drop, if you want to look at this thing, glass half empty. Sammy Watkins needs to have another big day. And how is he going to react to defenses keying on him and preparing for him for an entire week? It's going to be interesting to watch that. But again, they're playing the Raiders. They're far better than the Raiders. We talked about it a little bit yesterday. I don't see how they lose this game. But if they can't do those three things, it's going to be a much tighter contest than what what we're predicting.
0: Yeah, uh, I think that you're going to see in my um, prediction that it is going to be a closer game uh, in Oakland as it's going to be an emotional game for the Oakland Raiders. It's the last time, most likely, that they'll ever play the Chiefs at at Raiders Coliseum. Uh, So it's going to be an emotional game. I think it'll be close regardless, um, which I'll discuss later, but uh, I think the way that the Chiefs lose this game is if they, they allow big runs if they, if they start allowing these these 10 15 20 yard runs uh, then they're in trouble they need to be able to tackle on defense uh, and they need to get some stops uh, they they got like two stops against Jacksonville which was not great uh, so we need we need more than that against the Raiders because the Raiders by all accounts actually have a better offense um, so one way that they they lose the game is definitely if they're not tackling well another way is if they uh, allow allow big um, they allow big runs uh, and they can't stop people on third down that is the the best way for the Chiefs to lose uh, in a matchup against the Raiders despite uh, what the Chiefs do on offense because ultimately it's a team sport. Uh, the Chiefs had a great offense when Trent Green had that Hall of Fame offensive line uh, blocking for him and he had Eddie Kennison and Tony Gonzalez running down the field uh, but ultimately they didn't get it done because they didn't have a good defense uh, they didn't have any defense at all and the Chiefs have to have something uh, if, to win these kind of games
1: Yeah, hey, I, I, don't, I don't know if they can lose this game in terms of just talent on the Felix again in the NFL talent usually just wins out but I do think you're right. We'll see in the predictions here in a second that the, the game is going to be a lot closer than I think most Chiefs fans were expecting. Uh, but real quick, I know no one cares listening to a Chiefs podcast about the Raiders fan base. It was impressive, their crowd on Monday night, how loud that they were, how engaged that they were. The fact that it was, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was sold out. I mean, it was tremendous support for the last year in Oakland, which Typically is not common. Whenever a team has announced already that they're going to, going to leave you, they're not even staying in the state. You know, They're going to Nevada, going to Las Vegas. It, w- it was pretty cool to see how much support that they got still, uh, even with everyone knowing they're going to be the Las Vegas Raiders soon.
0: Listen, I am a bona fide Raider hater, uh, but I have mad respect for a fan base that will come out uh, in droves the way that the Oakland fan base will. Uh, I know that I, I've been to several Chiefs games when they played Oakland, I think two or three now, I can't remember. But I know that they're, they're the ones that Chiefs fans get in fights with the most in the parking lot and uh, are the most obnoxious. But you know what? They're passionate about their team, and their team hasn't been good for a long time. Uh, so uh, whatever. I mean, they're, they're passionate, and I give them props for that. So, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be an emotional game. Uh, for the Raiders and their fan base.
1: So now it's time to make our official predictions for this game. We talked about who we think is going to win the offensive and defensive player of the game awards. We talked about how the Chiefs can win and how the Chiefs can lose. But what's your official prediction for the Chiefs' Week Two matchup with the Oakland Raiders?
0: Um, I think it's going to be relatively high scoring. I'm gonna say like the Chiefs, 31, the Raiders, 27. I think they get a four point victory, uh, and I think that the Chiefs breathe, the Chiefs fan base breathes a, a breath of fresh air um, after something that's a little bit nail biting that we did, that a lot of us didn't expect.
1: I think you're right. I think that the Chiefs are going to play a high scoring game with the Oakland Raiders and also the Raiders, I think, are going to cover the seven point spread. I think that it'll be an exciting game, a very fun game uh, to watch, and uh, hopefully CBS doesn't crap the bed again and, and let their truck blow up or whatever happened to knock them off the air on Sunday in Jacksonville.
0: Yeah, I, I I don't know. I, I still think it was probably Miles Jack. He probably when he got <laughs> ejected, just like tipped over the bus or whatever. I don't know. Uh, he was he was acting kind of weird when they took him off the field. Did you see what what he said after the game? By the way.
1: Uh, not really. No.
0: He said he said that uh, he he apologized, but not really. Uh, he, he felt bad for what he did, and it wouldn't happen again. But the reason he did it, the reason he punched Demarcus Robinson in the face, was because Sammy Watkins was really aggressive and he was trying to protect himself. Now he outweighs Sammy Watkins by 20 pounds. He's a linebacker who got thrown around by a wide receiver, so he punched another wide receiver in the face. Come on, man. Come on. That's all I have to say about Miles Jack. That was uh, that was pretty ridiculous.
1: Well, now it's time for probably our going to be our most debated segment although this week it seems kind of cut and dry to me we'll see what you think is the nfl preview where we go through and pick every single game i did this last week we're going to do this every single week of the nfl season and at the end uh, i'll give you four games that i feel extremely confident about to bet on although last week i did go two and two not sure if you want to take my advice still after the week one showing where take i told mine, you that the falcons right. were a lock
0: take but mine. i was right
1: Hey, in general, I still won last week due to the due to the way I put my money. But still, a two-and-two two week, I got a rebound here. Let's start with tonight's game. Going to be here in about, what, two hours, three hours from right now? The Buccaneers traveling to Carolina to take on the Panthers. The Panthers, a seven-point favorite on Thursday night football. Who are you yeah. taking in this one?
0: Uh, You know, I like Bruce Arians. He's a good coach. Um, but I am kind of on the I am kind of on the Carolina Panthers train this year. Uh, I like what they did in this offseason. They have a, they have a very underrated defense after adding Gerald McCoy. I would expect the Panthers to actually destroy the, sh- the spread. I think that they're going to win by, fi- by 15, 20 points.
1: Well, if you listen to the NFL season preview, I picked the Panthers as, My surprise team, and I agree with you here, Jameis Winston's awful. The Panthers are at home, short week. Panthers were in a dogfight with the Rams uh, last Sunday. I'm taking them, and I'll go ahead and lay the seven points. But again, when the spread gets that high, it's kind of iffy, but I'm I'm confident that the Panthers can win this game straight up. And if I had to lay a bet on this game, I would take Panthers minus seven. So moving into Sunday now. The Chargers travel across the country to Detroit to take on the Lions at 12 o'clock. The Chargers are a a two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. I'm, of course, taking the Chargers, and I'll go ahead and lay those two-and-a-half points. I think that they're going to blow out the Lions.
0: I think so, too. I'm going with the Chargers in this one. Uh, The Lions couldn't beat the Cardinals last week. Matt Patricia is a terrible head coach. Uh, I like the Chargers in this one, and I think that uh, it'll be a relatively easy victory after they kind of uh, fumbled out of the gates uh, to start the season.
1: And they stumbled out of the gates against the Colts, who will take on the Titans in Tennessee at noon on Sunday. The Titans, a three-point favorite at home. You normally get three points just for playing at home. So I will take the Colts in this one, plus the three. Come on, Indianapolis. Come on, Jacoby Brissett. Let's go.
0: I am. This is the first one we're going to differ. I am uh, definitely going with the Titans. Uh, they had a great game against the Browns, and they're a sneaky team. I think that the the Titans, if they get their ground game established against a uh, soft Colts defense, uh, and they get a and they get a lead, I don't think that Jacoby Brissett and T. Y. Hilton are going to be able to uh, pass the ball down the field on a solid Titans defense. Uh, give me the Titans. And let's say they win by six. The
1: next game is one of the biggest rivalries in the NFL. The Cowboys traveling to Landover, Maryland to take on the Washington Redskins at noon. The Cowboys, five and a half point favorites on the road after a dominating week one win over the Giants.
0: I like the Cowboys after this week, and I I hate saying that because I hate the Cowboys. Dak Prescott is not a quarterback that I would generally um, like to have on my team, but the Redskins are a dumpster fire. So give me the Cowboys and I, I think they'll cover the spread relatively easy, even though they're on the road.
1: Yeah, you said it. The Redskins are a dumpster fire. They're terrible. Jonathan Allen is probably not going to play. Darius Geis is for sure not going to play. Jordan Reed, probably not going to play. Monte Nicholson, probably not going to play. The Redskins are awful. Their home field advantage is non-existent, so I don't care that they're at home. Give me the Cowboys. Uh, I'll lay the five and a half for sure. They're going to blow out the Washington Redskins, who shouldn't even have a football franchise because they're just so poorly ran and just an awful organization. So we agree again on that game, so far we've only disagreed about the Titans because I refuse to acknowledge the Tennessee Titans.
0: <laughs> I mean, you, it, it's your it's your hill you're going to die on, man. I I am telling you, they are going to be a, a pesky team this season. I think they'll go nine and seven, and they'll find a way to get into the wild card, uh, or they could even take the division. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised okay. by that whatsoever. <laughs>
1: Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings travel to Lambeau Field at noon on Sunday. The Packers, who just came off of a long week after beating the Bears on Thursday Night Football, are three-point favorites at home. Are you taking slinging Kirk Cousins?
0: You know how much I like the Vikings. I told you yesterday uh, they might turn some heads. Uh, However, the Packers' defense is better this year. I believe they'll be able to slow down the rushing attack at home. Give me the Packers, uh, but it's going to be a close one. Uh, I would say it's going to be probably a uh, one-possession game throughout and the Packers uh, eke by the uh, Vikings at home.
1: This is the first game where I'm absolutely against anyone putting any money on it because I cannot feel confident 100% in either side. I'm going to go ahead and take the Packers straight up, but... I hate Kirk Cousins. I think he's a god-awful quarterback, but the three-point spread on the road, I, I don't know if last week was legit or not from the Vikings. I also don't know if last week was legit or not from the Packers. The defense looked extremely good. Wow. They also played Mitch Trubisky and the god-awful Bears on offense.
0: I, I don't know what to do with this game. I'm genuinely surprised you're not saying the Packers win by 35 points.
1: That's what I want to happen. I've been burned by Kirk Cousins so many times that at this point I feel like I need to fade <laughs> Kirk Cousins. And if I pick Kirk Cousins and he loses, I'm going to be even more furious because I hate stupid at <laughs> Kirk Cousins. He looks you know like what? a buffoon. I,
0: I, think, I think the Vikings are going to surprise this year. I just don't think that they beat the Packers uh, this early in the season on the road.
1: I'll tell you one thing. The next time the Vikings play in primetime, put all the money on whoever they're playing against because Kirk Cousins will never show up in a (laughs) primetime game. I will lock that in right now.
0: I don't know. You know,
1: one time when he played for the Redskins, they had the ball at the five-yard line, and he took a knee instead of spiking the ball to to lose them a chance to kick a field goal. He took a knee with five seconds left in primetime. That cost them a spot in the playoff. Okay, let's move on. So... Moving on to the Seattle Seahawks at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh, a four-point favorite at home at noon after Seattle came off a disappointing week against the Bengals. They still won. Wasn't pretty, though, at all. Uh, Steelers got blown out on Sunday Night Football, but still a four-point favorite here. I'm going with your boy, Russell Wilson. I'll go ahead and take all the points I can get. I think they're going to go into Pittsburgh, and they're going to beat the Steelers.
0: Yeah, I am with you on this. Uh, I thought the Steelers had a little bit more talent than they did, and the Patriots showed me that uh, I was wrong. Uh, I believe very much so that the Steelers are a a. a Go ahead and say they are worse than the Browns. Themselves. They are. They are. They are just nothing anymore. I don't think that. I think this might be a a time when the Steelers. Uh, Move on from Mike Tomlin. I, I, I this is an overreaction, I'm sure, uh, but I no, I'm, I'm with you. They a,
1: need to move on from Mike Tomlin.
0: This is the end of the Steelers' reign that we have co- grown accustomed to. Uh, I I think that the Seahawks go into to uh, Pittsburgh, and I think the Pittsburgh play Pittsburgh Steelers play with a lot of heart, but I ultimately think the Seahawks uh, win this one because they will not be able to. Uh, slow the Seahawks down.
1: Yeah. Let's just go ahead and start Mason Rudolph. Okay. Let's just do it. Big Ben is, is washed. Mike Tomlin needs to be fired. Uh, Throw in Mason Rudolph, see what can happen. Uh, But I'm taking the Seahawks plus the four. I really don't like the Steelers this year. I think they're going to be a bad football team, uh, which everyone's a little bit afraid to say because of how, uh, how much history they have and how that they rarely ever do have a bad season. I think this is going to be one of those bad seasons. Yeah. M- moving I, uh, on to so. moving on to the next game, which is going to be the oh no, there's still a lot of, of noon games. Uh, it's going to be the Cardinals going to Baltimore and taking on the Ravens, who everyone has fallen in love with this week after they beat up on a minor league football team. The Ravens are 13 point favorites against slinging Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury. That's a All big right. number.
0: That is a large uh, spread. This there. is going to
1: be my right. second stay away from game.
0: Uh, I am going to say the Ravens win. I don't think they cover the spread. Uh, I think that they win even by two possessions. I think they can win the game by 10 points. Uh, but the Cardinals, I feel like, are going to be a backdoor cover. Uh, they The Ravens might have a lead. They'll start running the football, trying to run down the clock. I think Kyler Murray leads the Cardinals down the field at the end of the game to cover the spread uh, and make it so it's a 10-point game. But ultimately, yes, I have the Ravens winning.
1: Yeah, if I had to bet this game, I'd agree with you. Ravens are going to win uh, win the game outright, but the Cardinals are going to cover the 13-point spread. But again, this is my second stay away from. Do not put actual money on this game uh, whatsoever, I don't think. Jags traveling to Houston to take on the Texans after a disappointing Week 1 game uh, for both sides, really for different reasons. The Jaguars got embarrassed by the Chiefs, and the Texans lost in heartbreaking fashion on one of the most incredible Monday night games you will ever watch. Texans favored by nine points.
0: Yeah, um, I get it, I I guess, that the Texans have some pieces to like. Um, However... I don't think that Bill O'Brien is capable of beating up on teams. I think that they'll consistently. Are you play about out
1: to bet on Gardner Minshew?
0: I am not going to bet that the Jags go into Houston and win. I am going to bet that it is not a nine point spread. I'm going to say the Jags cover the spread uh, but fall short in Houston.
1: My betting expertise on this game is that if this line gets any bigger than nine points, if it's so much as hits 10 or 10 and a half, jump all over that in favor of the Jags. For right now, let's stay calm. Let's stay away and see how things fluctuate between now and Sunday. Uh, in terms of an outright winner, Texans. But again, stay away right now. When it gets to about 10, 10 and a half, jump all over Gardner Minshew, the dad bod, the stash, the resurrection of Jesus Christ himself, if you ask the Chiefs secondary, get on Garner Minshew if that line moves up to ten, ten and a half. And now, your favorite team in the entire NFL. <laughs> okay. The that's, team that's you love the most. The that's team who you would pick against the Kansas City Chiefs. Wrong. The team who has stolen your heart away. Wrong. The quarterback who you value more than Patrick Mahomes. The quarterback whose picture is hanging on your wall right now. Wow. The Buffalo Bills. Traveling down or up? Down or up? Anyway, traveling somewhere to New York to take on the Giants. They're a a one-and-a-half point favorite on the road. Are you taking your Buffalo Bills?
0: Yes, I am taking the Bills. Of course. Uh, Normally, I like home dogs. Uh, but the Bills have a good defense. The Giants have a terrible offense outside of Saquon Barkley. I think that the Bills win it relatively handily. I say they win by uh, seven ten points.
1: I'm also taking your Bills. The Giants are a dumpster fire. That whole division outside of the Eagles and Cowboys is a dumpster fire. I'm taking the Bills. Again, you said it. Home dogs are usually a good bet, but not when the number is so small to be a point and a half, because... If you think that the Bills are going to win, they're going to need to win by at least a point and then two. So you really only have that margin of that margin of victory would either be the the, the Giants winning outright or losing by one. I'm not comfortable enough to take the home dog in that situation. I'm taking the Bills, and I'll also go ahead and bet the one and a half that way. The second-to-last game in the, in the noon window. This is a big noon window here. You've got the 49ers traveling to Cincinnati to take on the Bengals. The 49ers just dominated the uh, Bucks, especially at the end when the Bucks just kept throwing picks and let that game get out of hand. And the Bengals, who fought very hard against the Seahawks and arguably should have won that game, but faltered down the stretch with a new head coach and, of course, Andy Dalton, who's awful. Bengals, favored by one and a half points. Who do you got?
0: I have the Bengals. Uh, I... I don't like either of these teams. Uh, This would be one that I would stay away from uh, for sure because I don't like the 49ers, what they have on either side of the ball, really, outside of the 49ers' pass rush. And I don't like what the Bengals have, period. But give me the Bengals at home. I think that they win the game uh, in dramatic uh, Bengals fashion where they'll probably pick up a fumble and run it in, and people will be like, holy smokes, the Bengals are back, because at the beginning of every season, people are like, oh, the Bengals are are a team that's going to compete. They're normally not, uh, but at the beginning of seasons, they typically look better than they are. So I'm going to say the Bengals beat the 49ers.
1: Yeah, I am going to say that the 49ers beat the Bengals. We're going to disagree here, but I think that this is a, a true coin flip game, as obviously Vegas does as well. Eventually... Jimmy Garoppolo has shown us who he is. I mean, I don't think that he's what we once thought whenever he was in New England. I also don't think that he's going to lose to Andy Dalton. I think that the, the Bengals are going to come out slow, traveling just like the 49ers are back to Cincinnati after playing a game in Seattle, a game in which, again, you fought very hard. You were right there. You could have had the biggest upset of the weekend, and you let it slip away. Literally, if you watch the game, Andy Dalton fumbling, yada, yada, yada. 49ers, I think, are going to win this game. Uh, go ahead and take them plus the one and a half. I took that bet last week as well against the uh, Buccaneers, and it paid off very well. Very, very well. But moving on now to the last game in the 12 o'clock window before some breaking Chiefs news. Patriots minus 19 at the Dolphins in a line that's, got, that's gotten very inflated after the Dolphins got blown out by the Ravens and the Patriots blew out the Steelers. They're traveling down to Miami where historically they don't play that well. Who do you got in this matchup in a 19-point spread in New England's I'm favor?
0: For sure, going with, drumroll please, the do- Patriots. Definitely the Patriots. There's no way that the Dolphins are um, going to even compete in this game. Uh, now the 19-point spread is ridiculously large, and I think maybe the Dolphins can, can cover it. But, no, actually, I'm not going to say that, because I think that the, the Patriots are the ultimate run-up-the-score team. Bill Belichick called a timeout with, like, five seconds left, even though they had the lead, because he did not like something that he saw in their defense. Uh, so I'm definitely going the Patriots, and I am th- actually going to say they're going to cover that huge 19-point spread.
1: Yeah, again, I'm staying away from this one, but if I had to pick a side... Let's go Patriots minus 19, which obviously means I have them winning the game straight up. But that that spread is just—it's too hard to predict that a NFL team, despite really having no talent, which the Dolphins don't, is going to lose by 19 and put money on it that they're going to lose by more than 19. That's that's, that's rough. Wild.
0: Yep, pretty wild. The
1: first three o'clock—well, I guess the second because we already talked about the Chiefs. The second 3 o'clock game we're going to talk about is the Bears at Broncos. This game at 325. Bears minus 2.5 on the road in Denver. I'm taking the Bears here. I'll lay the points. I think that this could possibly be a must-win game for the Bears. I think that if, if they cannot beat the Broncos, if that offense still looks elementary against the Broncos, questions will come hot and heavy around Mitch Trubisky. They need this win, and they need it to look impressive, at least more than two and a half points. So I'm taking the Bears, uh, and I'm going to lay the points. Uh,
0: I think that if Mitch Trubisky has even a game where he has two touchdown passes and 180 yards, there's still going to be scrutiny about uh, Mitch Trubisky because it's already begun. Uh, obviously Chicago Bears fans are going to be a little bit upset when they realize that their team drafted Mitch Trubisky over Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. When they look back on history and they see that they did that, um, yeah, it's pretty wild that they did that. I think that in this matchup, I think it could be a close one, honestly. Um, Vic Fangio knows Matt Nagy, Matt Matt Nagy knows Vic Fangio. It's an interesting matchup in that regard. I wouldn't be surprised to see the Broncos win, but I'm with you on this one. I think the Bears win by a field goal.
1: History has got its eyes on you, Chicago. We agree on that one, but that's going to look rough. It already does look rough that they took Mitch Trubisky yes. over both Watson and Mahomes. Yes, The most interesting game on the 3 o'clock slate of course, the Chiefs game is the most interesting to us, our niche audience of just Chiefs fans. But in general, the most interesting game is the Saints traveling to L.A. to take on the Rams. The Rams a two-point favorite. Again, playing at 325 on Fox, the Fox doubleheader for the second straight week. Rams favored yeah. by two points. Who are you taking in this one?
0: Ooh, this one's a tough one. Um, I like both of these teams. Give me the Saints... On the road beating the Rams. I like what the Saints have um, as far as a matchup with Alvin Kamara uh, against any of the Rams linebackers. I like, uh, I think that they reestablished the connection of uh, Michael Thomas and Drew Brees. Uh, I think that they beat the Rams and I think that they beat them pretty handily. I'm going to say by seven.
1: Yeah, I'm taking the Saints as you are, plus the two and outright. I, I don't know if a money line bet will even matter cause again, the spread's only two, but I'm taking the Saints all the way in this game. I think that the Rams are due to regress. Uh, you saw them struggle a little bit with the Panthers, who we both think are going to be a good team this year. But I think that the Saints are going to go to L.A., take care of business, and win this football game. For sure. And now what everyone's been waiting for is Sunday Night Football. We've been waiting all of podcast to talk about Sunday Night Football. This week it's Philadelphia traveling to Atlanta to take on the Falcons. Eagles, one and a half point favorites on the road. I'm taking the road favorite. Give me the Eagles minus the point and a half. What are you taking here?
0: Uh, this one is one I would stay away from. Uh, I don't believe the Falcons are as bad as they showed against the Minnesota Vikings in week one. I also don't think the Eagles are as bad as they showed against the Buccaneers. I'm going to say the Falcons win at home. Uh, I, like I said, I like home dogs. Um, I think the Falcons win in dramatic fashion. I think they might win on a uh, last-second field goal or a um, big-time touchdown pass to Julio Jones whatever the case may be i think the falcons win in a close one
1: yeah the eagles got off to a slow start last week against washington in landover maryland but i think that traveling to atlanta atlanta looked dreadful last last week you know against the uh, against the vikings but again that's week 1 kind of a little bit of overreaction a little bit of you know not who they are going to truly be uh, come sunday and the rest of the year I'm still taking the Eagles. I think that the Eagles are the second most talented football team in the NFL. I think that they're the second best football team in the NFL. I'm taking the Eagles minus the one and a half. And uh, yeah, they're going to start 2-0 and o this year.
0: I, I think that's fair. I think that I actually picked the Eagles to be a Super Bowl contender. Uh, in fact, I think they, I have them matched up with um, with Andy Reid and the Chiefs in the Super Bowl this season. Uh, because it's a bit poetic, don't you think? Um, So that's part of the reason I chose it, and I also think that they are one of the most talented teams. Um, So I don't hate the Eagles by any means, but I like the Falcons at home after a rough week one.
1: Yeah, I I took the Eagles to make the Super Bowl uh, and play the Chiefs and beat the Chiefs, if you listen to uh, the Chiefs season preview and the NFL season preview, Uh, but... Again, I think they're a very good team. They're going to win this game on Sunday Night Football. That leads us into the last game of Week 2, Monday Night Football. What was once shaping up to be a very good and arguably great game, after Week 1 looked like it'd be a season-on-the-line game for both teams who fell 0-1 after the first week. Now, Sam Donald's out for the game with mono, and now it looks like the Browns should run away with this thing. Uh, Browns traveling to take on the Jets seven fifteen Monday Night Football ESPN Baker Mayfield trying oh, to no. get a win he's a six and a half point favorite who do you got in this one
0: I have the Browns uh, but I will tell you this if the Browns cannot beat the Jets without Sam Darnold cannot defeat the Jets. I think they're in for a long season. (laughs) I think that they are in serious trouble. If they cannot beat the Jets here, they start the season 0-2. It very well could be over for the Browns this season, despite how much talent they have. Freddie Kitchens is probably going to be on the hot seat if they lose this game already. Um, So give me the Browns. I think that they win this game handily, but like I said, if they don't, heads will roll in Cleveland.
1: So you mean to tell me that it wouldn't be good to lose to Trevor Simeon?
0: I I mean, if they lose to Trevor Simeon, um, who made the Chiefs defense look great a couple years ago, um, they have serious issues. They have absolutely terrible issues uh, in Cleveland, and I think that it wouldn't be long for Freddie Kitchens if they dropped a couple games uh, after after they lost to the Jets. If they went if they started the season 0-4, I think he was gone. Boom. Like, in an instant.
1: Hey, at least Odell's going to have his watch on on, sun, on a Monday. Uh, everyone who's listened to this podcast for almost any episode, I think every episode, I've talked about the Browns. I love this football team. think that they're going to be a very good football team. It's hard to win any game when you give them 200 penalty yards. Baker yes. Mayfield... Is a very good quarterback. I'm taking the Browns to not only win this game, but also minus the six and a half. I think that they're going to run away with this game, especially with no Sam Darnold. Give me the Browns. Give me the six and a half. And if I am wrong about this, I have a lot of crow to eat because there. This is not a team that can start out zero and two and make a run. This is not a team who can have a, a turnaround like the Colts did a year ago, like we've seen the Chiefs and Andy Reid do after they started one and five. This is not a team that has that kind of culture, that has that kind of locker room, that has that kind of coach that can turn things around in a hurry. They have to win this game,
0: especially, especially if they're losing to teams like the Jets uh, with their backup quarterback. I mean, like, I don't, I don't want to be dramatic. I know this is already dramatic, um, but if Baker can't get it done and they can't get anything moving on the on Monday night, I. I'm telling you, those Cleveland fans are going to be up in arms. Uh, They'll be in the streets. They will be calling for everyone to be fired all over again. Uh, And I will just (laughs) feel bad for Cleveland because they have been so bad for so long. Uh, I hope that Baker Mayfield can get things turned around. Uh, He did not look good in week one. Uh, He has not really beat any great teams yet. Um, Now, the Jets are certainly not a great team. But, if, like I said, if they can't beat the Jets, they are in serious, serious trouble, despite being a lot of people's Super Bowl pick.
1: Whoa, whoa, whoa. You mean to tell me that if they lose to the Jets, who even Hugh Jackson could beat, that they're in serious trouble? I had no idea. I w- I'm completely shocked by this. Yes, if they I lose mean- to the Jets who even Baker Mayfield and Hugh Jackson could beat in week three a year ago, we need to sound the alarms, and it might even be time to sound the alarms on Baker Mayfield if they cannot take care of this team on Monday night. Colin Cowherd will have a month's worth of shows if they can't beat the Jets. He'll forfeit the rest of the season just to talk about this one loss if they can't beat the Jets. That's how much is riding on this game for Baker Mayfield. And that's where upsets can happen when you have so much pressure on a singular game on prime time. For sure. Now you're making me nervous.
0: Yeah, no, for real. I um, and I know you love Baker Mayf- Mayfield, but I mean, this is really make or break time for him. He needs to show what he is. He needs to have a a not a good game. He needs to have a great game against the Jets. He needs to. And there's no reason team. that he couldn't. No, there isn't. It's just I'm just saying. He has to show that that is what he is capable of. He has not yet shown anything great. How many wins did they have last year? Like seven, eight, six? I don't know. But they they were not they were not a great team last year. He looked good from time to time. He has to show that he is in that discussion for a top ten quarterback kind of rating. Uh, he has not quite shown that against great teams. He has a chance to do it with a great cast surrounding him uh he has to win this game uh otherwise it might be dire straits for the browns all over again
1: yeah last year went seven eight the browns went seven eight and one baker mayfield beat the jets he beat the ravens he beat the falcons he beat the bengals he beat the panthers he beat the the broncos and the bengals
0: wow beat the bengals twice that's two of his wins hmm amazing uh and the, the you only team.
1: play who's on the schedule
0: <laughs> but they they took on they took on carolina and they beat them in an off year uh one where ron rivero was almost fired uh they took on the falcons who had also a terrible year last year name one of those teams with a winning record last year did any of those teams have a winning record
1: uh, i don't believe so no
0: that is a problem. That's what I'm saying. If he cannot prove that he can play with the big boys...
1: Well, the I'm, Ravens I'm did. Nervous. They went 10-6. and six.
0: Who did? The, oh, the Ravens. Well, yeah. that was... Pro- was Joe Flacco still starting?
1: Uh, week 5. I don't remember whenever yeah, Jackson yeah, got yeah. in there.
0: That was about the transition. I think Joe Flacco was still the starting quarterback there. So, um, we'll see.
1: Yeah, we will see for sure. A lot... I mean, again, we can't stress this enough. A lot is riding on this game. Uh, Joe Flacco was a starting quarterback, went 29 for 56, 298 yards, no touchdowns, a pick, two sacks, blah, blah, blah. So, Lamar Jackson got one passing attempt with 0 for 1, three rushing attempts for 10 yards. Uh, so, Lamar Jackson had not yet taken over by any means. Uh, but Baker Mayfield was able to beat him and, and beat Joe Flacco. But, this game's going to be huge. And, and, you mentioned it, that Bicker has to look the part. He he absolutely does. I agree with you 100% because if he cannot take this offense that has Odell Beckham, David Njoku, Nick Chubb, Jarvis Landry, if he cannot take this offense and beat a team who surrendered 17 points to Josh Allen, then he is in trouble. And we need to have a dialogue and a conversation about the state of the Browns and the state of the, the city of Cleveland.
0: All right. Before we close out, we got to give our four uh, picks, man, the the lock-ins. You ready for this? Yeah, this this is
1: the easiest part of the show. Lock of the week, turn the key, throw it away, swallow it, do whatever you want to do with the key because you're not going to need it. Lock these picks in. My number one lock of the week is going to be, drumroll please, everybody, the Dallas Cowboys, minus 5.5 against the Redskins. As you can probably tell, not a big fan of the Redskins. They're a terrible football team, a terrible franchise. Cowboys going to dominate, win by more than five. Put the house on the Cowboys minus five and a half.
0: All right. Um, for my number one, I'm saying the Panthers over the Bucks tonight. I think the Panthers win easily. I don't think the Bucks are really going to ever be competitive in this game.
1: My number two of the week is going to be Saints at Rams. Saints plus the two points. I think they're going to win this game outright. Check, check your uh, your betting sites to see if you can get a, a nice little money line spot on this game. I don't think you can, but let me know if you can. I'm going to take the Saints plus the two as my number two lock of the week.
0: My number two? The Ravens. Bill, After a great game against Miami or terrible game from Miami... Depending on how you look at it, um, give me give me the Ravens uh, as my number one team to pick. I think that they run away with it uh, against the Cardinals at home.
1: Interesting. My number three is going to be the Indianapolis Colts plus the three at Tennessee. Get the Titans all the way out of here. Put your money on the Colts plus the three. They're at number three, just Indianapolis, plus right three points.
0: Just remember who was right and wrong last week, everybody.
1: Blame right, Baker Mayfield. Cool. Blame 200 yards worth of penalties. Thank you.
0: I, I'm just saying. I, I, I was right. Ryland was not. Um, so, yeah, I we're going to disagree on this one for sure.
1: Your number three lock this week is?
0: My number three lock this week, uh, and you're going to laugh at it, the Bills. Give me the Bills as the road champions over the New York football giants. I think that the Bills are a sneaky team, despite not having that great of a quarterback, even though I infamously said that he was, uh, satirically said that he was going to be the MVP Obviously, that's not happening, but they have a good defense. They have some weapons. Give me the bills. I think that that is my third lock of the week.
1: Now, my number three lock, uh, excuse me, four. I'm, I'm one ahead of you. My number four lock, it's tough to only be doing four because there's a lot of juicy lines out there, a lot of big winners, which you can follow me on Twitter, at Ryland underscore styles. it's at R-Y-L-E-N underscore T I L E S. And find out on Sunday morning who all I put money on outside of just these four games. I'm deciding between here's a free tip for you. The Chargers minus two and a half and the Bills minus one and a half. The same pick that you have.
0: Bills.
1: I'm I'm gonna go ahead
0: Bills and go
1: with the Chargers. Oh. Minus two and a half. Lions That's are mafia. dreadful. That Chargers offense without Hunter Henry, though, playing in a dome, I think that they're going to at least win this game. I think that they're going to win this game by at least a field goal, and we'll be sweating it out. Don't worry about that. We'll be sweating this game out a little bit, but I'm going to go ahead and take the Chargers minus the two-and-a-half.
0: All right. Now this one's going to be interesting. Um but I'm going Patriots over Dolphins. I think they win easily. 19 points is a lot to cover, but I think the Patriots of all teams are not the kind to let up the gas. I think that the Patriots run away from it uh, on the road in Miami, despite uh, having some trouble in Miami historically. Uh, I don't think there's any way that Adam Gase has a shot, or not Adam Gase, he's not coaching there anymore, Brian Flores, Brian Flores, has a chance against his old mentor, uh, Bill Belichick. I think that the Dolphins get pummeled, and I think it happens relatively quickly.
1: Hey, I I like that pick as well, but I'm just, honestly, I'm too scared. I'll admit it. I'm too scared. I'm not man enough to lay 19 points in an NFL game. I just can't do it.
0: It's got to happen. It's going to (laughs) happen. The Patriots are the Patriots, and the Dolphins are definitely the Dolphins.
1: So we're going to end the, the the betting segment with one more thing. I'm staying away from the Chiefs game in terms of betting, but they are a seven-point favorite. If I put a gun to your head and made, and made you pick a side to put money on, are you taking the Chiefs minus seven or Oakland plus the seven?
0: Please don't put a gun to my head. Um, <laughs>
1: a water uh, gun, let's say that.
0: Oh, okay. Well, I mean, there's a lot less pressure now. Um, but I'm going to say...
1: I mean, I don't want to get wet. I got things to do after I hate this. That.
0: I hate that. But I'm going to say... And then what if you put it directly
1: in my ear, and then you got water in your ear? I mean, there's still a lot of pressure here.
0: Yeah. Okay. Give me the Chiefs to cover it. And I don't like saying it because I think Oof. that the, the Raiders will put up a, a fight. Um, like I said, it's going to be close. Uh, I said it was going to be, what did I say, six points, four points? However, I'm more confident saying that Patrick Mahomes will score more points than I am that Derek Carr will be able to uh, keep up. So give me the Chiefs to cover the spread uh, despite my prediction.
1: Yeah, you know, ah, if this was 6.5, I'd be all over the Chiefs. But at a whole 7 points to where even if they win by a touchdown, whether it be in a shootout or a backdoor cover situation. You don't have that security. Oh goodness. If I have to pick, I'm taking the Chiefs for all the reasons you gave. But I don't like it. And I would stay away from this game completely Same. in terms of putting money on it.
0: Same.
1: So to recap real quick. Grant's taking the Panthers minus the 7. The Patriots minus the 19. The Bills minus 1.5 and the Ravens minus 13. I'm taking the Chargers minus two and a half, the Colts plus the three, the Cowboys minus five and a half, and the Saints plus the two. You can also follow us on Twitter to see if we made any last second changes to our predictions uh, leading up to Sunday's games, or maybe for Grant, like any last hour changes because the game kicks off here in a, Couple hours the uh, the Buccaneers and Panthers do. If you're listening to this very early, thank you. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. That's at R Y L A N underscore S T I L E S. You can follow Grant on Twitter at Grant T M N Tuttle. Grant, this was a good show, over an hour long again. Talking Chiefs. Do you have any final words?
0: Um. Yeah. Just uh, check out Arrowhead Addict uh, every week. You'll see a film breakdown from me. Uh, there's good stuff from other people there. Uh, Matt Connor does an excellent job editing all of our our crappy writing. Um, I know that I jot down a lot of stuff, and then I feel bad after I've submitted it, because I'm like, oh, that was terrible. Uh, Matt is a true savior, uh, and he guides this this ship. We have uh, even more views on the site than we have in previous years. That could be the Mahomes factor, or it could be just that we're that good, and we are getting better all the time. Um Pay attention, Airhead Addict. We're the we're the hipster choice. Um, We're cool. (laughs) We eat ramen all the time. Um, Yeah, we wear skinny jeans. That's that's what we do. Uh, Rolled
1: up skinny jeans, by the way.
0: (laughs) Look out! Look out for that content. Um, We have good Chelsea boots. You can look at aviators. uh, You can look for a film breakdown. Button downs with Uh, two buttons open. Two of them throughout the week of what happened the week before and then a game plan uh, for the next week from me. Uh, check out everything Hair spiked there. and pushed to the front a it's little bit. honestly really great. So that's what I have to Claws.
1: say. Claws, hard seltzer. Calm
0: down, Ryland. Calm down.
1: Yeah, again, you said it all. Go read Arrowhead Addict. We do a lot of good work over there. Uh, well, they do a lot of good work over there. And my work, eh, you know, give or take. Uh, but I appreciate everyone listening to the podcast seriously and supporting what we're doing here as a part of the Fanside podcasting network. Uh, We've been having a lot of success more so than what I think we even planned for. So we appreciate that. Uh, And that's all been, of course, account to you because we can't listen to our own show as much as that sounds like something I would do being so self-involved as I am. But (laughs) nonetheless, Grant, what are you drinking when you're sitting there watching the chiefs, play on sunday what's the snack of choice let's leave the fans with something a little bit more personable
0: um you know what am i drinking and what's the snack okay uh most likely at three it's a little early for me to start drinking on a sunday um so maybe coffee coffee is probably a good bet around that time uh black coffee don't give me any cream don't put any sugar in it gross Um, Okay,
1: you've gotten uh, a lot of strikes against you that I've been able to overlook. Josh Allen being a good quarterback, an MVP caliber quarterback, (laughs) the Patriots being dead. But black coffee, are you an 85-year-old veteran who sits at Brahms all day drinking a cup of Joe, reading the paper?
0: I would like to think of myself as a hero of the United States. Uh, So, yes, of course I am. Um, But then probably I'm eating like, um, gosh, I don't know. I like... Lots of kinds of weird chips. Probably like dill pickle chips. Those are pretty good. Uh, what in maybe the, not wa- like at the same dill
1: pickle? Time.
0: Dill pickle chips. Uh, probably no coffee uh, at the same time because that's kind of a weird mixture. But like, it breaks in between. Well, you drink black
1: uh, coffee. I don't trust your taste buds anymore.
0: I, uh, hey man, I I am the person that cooks in this household. I make some good stuff. You would be impressed. <laughs>
1: I mean, coffee's a good choice, but not when you follow it up with no cream, no sugar, no Splenda, nothing, just black. Splenda,
0: No, yeah, black is the best way to do it. You get that that energy right off the bat. You know you're drinking something that's like, has the same consistency as motor oil if you uh, make strong enough tea, or strong enough coffee like I do. uh, You know, you know you're awake. Um, And so uh, that's the way I like it.
1: Trust me, I'll be hitting up Starbucks tomorrow before my 7:45 uh, uh, meet-up time to go cover a track meet, which I have to read Here Track for again. Dummies because I have no idea about you how are to.
0: Going to get a pumpkin spice latte, pumpkin spice and everything nice for Ryland Styles. That's the way this works.
1: I cannot confirm nor deny.
0: Ha! You're one of those guys. Knew it. Knew it.
1: <laughs> If you want to get my Starbucks order, give me an at on Twitter, a follow on Twitter. Uh, I'll give you a hint. It's not pumpkin spice latte. I've actually never tried one, although I've been right, talking with true. a few of my friends needing about needing to get to try one, but it's been extremely mm-hmm. hot here, so I haven't uh, gone out to Starbucks. Although, right. I am a gold member at Starbucks. Oh my
0: goodness. So if that tells people you anything. those people. You are one of those people. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. I can't believe
1: it. Hey, if you need any discounts at Starbucks, I got you. I have so many star points collected, ready to go for the fall season. Uh, My drink of choice is going to be coffee or water. Got to stay sharp. Got to stay focused. Got to take my notes during the game. Got to hop on a podcast, drink responsibly. Can't get on here a little tipsy. Got to just stay on the straight and narrow, drink some water, drink some coffee. Trying to cut out the soda. Trying to be a little bit more healthy. Snack of choice, peanuts. I I love salted peanuts. Oh, my gosh.
0: You call Great me a 85-year-old man for drinking black coffee <laughs> and eating dill pickle chips. And now you're doing the same thing. You're drinking coffee and water. And you're eating peanuts? Don't at me, Rylan. This is ridiculous. Peanuts are the old man snack of the century. Are you going to leave shells on the floor? Is that the no? Way see, see, they're you? already crack cracked for, for you. They're just barrel? in.
1: They're in a big Costco container of salted peanuts. Just the peanut themselves, no shell. We're not at yeah. Santa Fe Steakhouse. We can't just be throwing them all over the place. Right. We're in a house. Right. This is a society. This is a home. I'm sticking with the around. coffee and the peanuts
0: eating those peanuts and you're you're talking about the good old days of football with vince lombardi and how people that play football now are wimps and uh (laughs) back in your day things were much better football and basketball was better to watch i i know your type
1: you know back in my day there wasn't all this player movement okay i'll say that first of all but but we're gonna go ahead and finally get out of here on our second podcast of the week you can find our third podcast of the week, depending on how you structure your weeks. Are you a Monday through Sunday guy or a Sunday through Saturday guy? Uh, You're taking too long to answer this. It's obviously Monday starts the week. Sunday does not start the week. Sunday is the last day of the weekend. Therefore, it cannot start the next week.
0: I mean, I understand that mentality, but I am a guy that's The weekend cannot
1: thing. also be the week start.
0: I understand that line of mentality but technically sunday does start the week if you look at a calendar um so yeah technicalities uh numbers sometimes lie um but the tape doesn't and if i record a calendar it will look the same
1: whatever (laughs) uh we just disagree on that i i I don't see how people start weeks on sundays let's Let's stop doing that. I'm going to start a petition to get that changed, by the way. The calendar changed. Who's with me? Uh, But this has been a fun episode for sure. Uh, Very fun previewing the Oakland game. Hopefully you've stuck around this long. If not, I honestly don't blame you. So if you made it to this point, thank you. Like, subscribe, review. You know the drill. You listen to enough content to know what we ask you to do. Please do so. Grant, thank you for joining me again. We are ready to take over the Chiefs podcasting world. We are ready to record, hopefully, another victory podcast on the Rapid Reaction Show on Sunday. This has been the Arrowhead Addict Podcast. As a part of the Fansided Podcasting Network, for Grant Tuttle, I'm Roland Stiles. Be good and be good to one another. We will see you on Sunday evening.